Welcome to the Essay for FAs podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest of financial advisors and active investors, including retirement planning, asset allocation, and the economy. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today's topic concerns a financial phenomenon that commonly occurs, but one I believe gets less attention than it deserves. With thanks to Seeking Alpha reader and commenter Robo1802 for the hat tip, an Australian online financial publication called The Rub discusses a seldom acknowledged informal financial institution it calls the Bank of Mom and Dad. The article was illuminating. I would not have guessed that this bank would qualify as one of Australia's top 10 lenders, providing billions of dollars in capital to first-time homebuyers down under. Looking at the U.S. Financial Housing Administration's latest annual report, I found this relevant snippet, I quote in pertinent part. Gift funds obtained from an eligible family member were the largest source of down payment assistance used by borrowers, representing 26.16% of FHA's total mortgage volume in fiscal year 2018. End quote. So this is a thing. I caught wind of this thing when I last sold my home. It really surprised me to see how young many of the buyers were. I had raised my family in this home, and I shudder to think of the blood, sweat, toil, and tears that went into obtaining it and maintaining it. Yet not a few of the buyers who showed up appeared to have, at most, experience selling lemonade on the street corner, and these were the ones who thought my home was inadequate for their needs. At one open house, a young brother and sister surprised each other, just as the size of their parents' checkbook surprised me. But I digress. The Rub article laid out three primary ways parents could help their kids buy that home. First, through an outright gift, for example, by providing the down payment. Second, by guaranteeing the loan. Third, by joining one's adult children as a co-borrower. As you might expect, I have a strong opinion on this topic, but first I'll vet a few of the issues raised by the article. The most frequently recurring issue the rub notes is the possibility of what it calls a relationship breakdown. Given today's high divorce rate, I suppose this is nothing but a dose of realism. So in the case of a cash gift, the article warns that parents have no protection against getting that money back. Were one to structure that gift as a loan, with a formal loan agreement, the parents have recourse against losing their gift. The second approach involves guaranteeing the loan, which doesn't require any upfront cash, but which bears the risk of responsibility for the loan if the adult children are no longer able to make payments. That could shatter the parents' credit rating and deny them access to credit in their later years, the article warns. The third approach, buying with your adult children, can also impact one's credit and one's future financial flexibility, though if done through a trust, could facilitate the inheritance process, according to the article. Oddly, the article does not explicitly discuss a fourth approach, which would involve the parents providing the financing in lieu of the bank, although this could be seen as a variant of lending rather than gifting the down payment with a formal agreement. The article appears to favor a parental loan as a means of protecting against children who divorce and as a method by which the children get more favorable terms, while the parents get a rate similar to what a CD might pay while getting to invest in their children. My personal take on this, and I emphasize the word personal as some of this is financial and some of this is based on the relationship parents have with their children, their personalities and inclinations and whatnot, is that the straight out gift is the way to go here. First, from a strictly financial point of view, one has to consider the risks of over-involvement in one's children's finances. As we've discussed many times, the single biggest challenge to retirement planning is uncertainty as to the date of one's demise. 
a long-term financial entanglement with one's children, therefore, ironically, increases the risk of becoming a burden on them, at least as much as them on you. If, say, your acting as a co-buyer of their home becomes an unanticipated struggle in your later years, you may have to move in with them. The possibilities are endless. Beyond the strict finances, parents' often desperate desire to give their kids a leg up sometimes hurts their children. Part of reaching adulthood is contending with the challenge of pursuing a livelihood, establishing a home, building one's own future. Buying Junior a fancy home, as I observed in my home selling process, may therefore retard this vital natural impulse. That said, parents who have the means can show their love and support through a gift. A straight-out gift doesn't transform the traditional relationship between parent and child into a business relationship, which is sometimes adversarial and always pecuniary. Rather, a gift preserves and reinforces the role of parent as a giver. Secondly, a big advantage to gift-giving is that it is based on one's current situation and doesn't bump into an ever-changing financial picture. People don't usually look back and say, why did I give X dollars 20 years ago? It's understood that you were able to do it at that time, and you're not apt to feel any regret over it. As to the reality of divorce, you can't control everything, most especially your adult children's choices. If anything, helping them purchase their first home adds to the stability of their relationship. Finally, how much should parents give? They should give according to their financial ability, which is a personal decision and a quite difficult one, which most people have difficulty ascertaining. The parents need to sit together and talk about the situation comprehensively, about their hopes and aspirations for their children and their own current means and future expectations. If it helps to break through the fog of doubt, they can use 10% of their current income as a starting point for the discussion. People can usually make do with 10% less than what they currently have. If you have other ideas, please post them in the comments. Thanks for listening. You can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests. And make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.